Please turn in your pew Bibles to page uh, 3, Genesis chapter 4, as I read verses 1 through 12. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. And again she bore his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, and Cain a worker of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground, and Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat portions. And the Lord had regard for Abel and his offering, but for Cain and his offering he had no regard. So Cain was very angry, and his face fell. The Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your face fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. Cain spoke to Abel, his brother. And when they were in the field, Cain rose up against his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? He said, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? And the Lord said, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. And now you are cursed from the ground, which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it shall no longer yield to you its strength. You shall be a fugitive and a wanderer on this earth. Now please turn to page 1007 as I read Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. The word of God for the people of God. Our first story that comes after Adam and Eve are expelled from the garden is the violence and sin among brothers. They worship God by giving an offering, uh, which means they must have been told something by Adam and Eve about who this God is, his goodness in creating and bringing them to the garden and what he's done for them. Uh, something has been taught to them and probably something has been said about their failure to obey, their disobedience and rejection and being cast out from the garden and then God's providence for them and care for them and promise of ultimate redemption as they're told that that serpent who deceived them, who led to the sin, he himself would be destroyed by a son to come from Eve. And yet, even here, um, ironically, a religious dispute over their offerings ends up leading to the older brother killing the younger. They go to the field after Abel's offering had been received, was acceptable, Cain's was rejected. And one of the questions that comes to us is, why was Abel's sacrifice acceptable, and why was Cain's rejected? 
So we're going to talk about that a little bit. Now, I want to pause for a minute and say, that's a good question. It's a good question to say, as we worship God and as we obey God and as we bring God offerings and do things, what makes worship acceptable? Because honestly, past few decades, we've kind of stopped asking the question about what makes worship acceptable to God. And we ask what makes worship acceptable to people. I mean, a lot of worship doesn't start with who is God, what does he require, and how should I worship him according to what he said in his word? And rather we say, what do people like? Even, even beyond that, what do, what do people who don't love Jesus like? And I think we get off to the wrong base if we start asking the question, what do people like? And rather than what is acceptable to God, what does God desire? And that, that's not about type of music. That's about are we being obedient to his command to confess our sins, to worship him with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, to, to gather together on the Lord's day, the command to have the Lord's Supper in remembrance of him, to hear his word um, are we doing these things? And so it's good for us as we worship, as we sing our songs, to ask ourselves, is this worship pleasing to God? So one of the early answers to why Abel is acceptable, his offering acceptable, rather than Cain is, well, it's a different type of offering. Some people have said there's something different in what's given. Cain He's a farmer, and he brings uh, fruit of the ground. So whether that fruit is grain or olives or oranges, we don't know, but it's something from the ground. I'm seeing your mind spiraling over possible sacrifices of fruits. Um, Abel, however, is a shepherd and brings something from his flock. Now, there, there might be something to this, right? I mean, if... if if I give Robin an anniversary gift and I come to her and I love you, I know who you are, I know all about you, I want you to have this Les Paul guitar. It, it might show something selfish in that offering. Or, you know, if, if I have a friend who really doesn't like country music and I say, hey, let me give you tickets to this upcoming George Strait concert, it doesn't, you know, so, you know if you love it, you'd want it, but... but I almost heard an amen back over here. <laughs> so, you know, if, if um, but in other words, if God desires a certain thing, we don't say, what do I like? And let me express myself to God. Rather, it's what does God want? So there is an appropriate thing to say, what does God want? What, what is what God wants as a sacrifice? And yet there's nothing in the text that makes me think that one type of sacrifice is acceptable rather than the other. This isn't following law that's been given to them. They, they bring what they have, which seems to be appropriate. And yet there is truth of we want to worship God as he desires to be worshiped. But there's the temptation to say it should have been this and not that. In other words, to, to reduce worship to a technique. If I follow the right steps, God will bless me. If I do X, Y, Z in this order, it's kind of a technique. And if I get it right, God's going to bless me. And that seems to be the, the thought there. The recipe was wrong, right? Oh, it said beef, not bread. I'm supposed to have done this other kind of thing. And sometimes we approach worship like that. You ever see those books on prayer, the 10 secrets of prayer? And it makes it technique. 
that if you pray this way, God will bless you. And if you're not, you're messing it up and he's not going to hear your prayers. Absolutely not scriptural God. He doesn't say, follow these steps and I will definitely reward you. The second thought, and I think closer, and in the text is that Abel brings not just from his flock, but he brings the first, he brings the best, he brings the choice, the fat portion, the, the firstborn of the flock and their fat portions. He brings something that's costly, it's, it's what's better. And we don't hear the same thing being said about Cain's um, offering. So it might be that Cain was checking a box and Abel was really worshiping God and wanting giving his best. I think there, there is some, some truth to that. There is, there's absolutely something that if you're worshiping God, we don't just go through the motions. It's not just checking the box and doing the things. It's, it's my heart in it. Am I wanting to give him my best? That, that we, we give the offering. Is it just what's left over? Or is it I've set aside a portion that is for God? That we, we participate in saying that this is a priority to be with God's people. It's not just... And I wake up and if I got nothing better to do, it's, it's if I'm praying, am I, am I being attentive or am I thinking about my to-do list and other things? Am I, am I giving attention to his word? Am I giving attention to praises when I'm singing? Is it I like this song or is it I'm singing of God's praises? That is all that we're doing is doing with sincerity and we're wanting to give God what is our best to give to him. That is portion of it. That is certainly in here. And, and that is... Um, something we ought to do, and yet, that doesn't go far enough. I can always do more, right? I mean, there's always, I can look at someone and say, well, I'm doing this, and you're doing that, and my sacrifice must be more pleasing. You know, that we can always think of ways we can do more, and there's a sense in which we absolutely want to be sincere, but we don't want to trust in our sincerity. We, we want to give our best, but we don't want to say, well, God accepted my worship because I gave better. I did something more than someone else. So it definitely has to be doing what's pleasing for God. It has to be, I'm sincerely loving him and I'm wanting to give him my best. I'm wanting to offer what is the greatest, but there's more to it than that. Now, we kind of have times when people kind of weigh these against each other. I don't know, I've, I've known people who kind of act as though it really doesn't matter what you do as long as you're sincere with it, right? So if you're sincere, that makes up for a lot of goofiness. Others, it doesn't matter as long as you operate and do the things that are said to be done. But we need both, and yet both of those are not sufficient. They're not what makes worship acceptable that doesn't make what our praise acceptable today no matter how sincere if if we're just and, and and obedient to what God's called us to do we have to follow what Hebrews says that worship is by faith that by faith Abel offered a more acceptable sacrifice that the worship is in faith the offering is in faith and that is what made his sacrifice acceptable now I think many of us, if we hear that, what we think is, if I do something and believe it's going to work, it's going to work, right? That, that 
what, what was the movie? Build it and it will come. Build a dreams, right? right? You just build it. And I believe it's going to happen. And that faith is the cause of something happen. And I don't know if that's as strong and prevalent now, but that was such a prevalent part of what I was always told. Just, just believe enough and it'll happen. Just believe enough. It'll, it'll, and that's not what this is talking about. It's not that if you pray hard enough that somebody will be healed, if you believe enough, it will happen. And if you, if you didn't, if they're not healed, it's because you didn't believe enough. That's an absolute lie. That's not what Scripture is telling us about our relationship with God. It's not your failure to believe enough. It's the idea that people say, if you, if you put the money in the offering plate and you believe enough, Mark, you might be able to help me with this. If you believe enough that God will bless you beyond measure. And a lot of preachers have bought private jets telling people that lie. It's not believing in your worship. It's not faith in your worship. It's faith in the one you worship. It's not faith in what we do. It's faith in the one we adore and we praise and worship. And so that's what it means to worship, to offer in faith, is it's based on a relationship of knowing who God is and knowing and trusting that he's going to do good. There's an ancient translation. Here's your word for the day. If you want to impress somebody at lunch, Targum. Targums were ancient translations of the Hebrew Bible into the language of the people. We had this translation into the language Jesus spoke of Aramaic. And one of the interesting things is they were kind of like the message. They took some liberties in places, and they would add some little commentaries and things. And in this translation, really old translation, is it added an imagined conversation between Cain and Abel. So in other words, this isn't Scripture, but I think it gives us a good idea of, of what Scripture gets at. In this ancient translation, it imagines Cain saying, God created everything, or maybe he created everything, but he doesn't judge appropriately. He doesn't reward what's good and punish what's evil. He, he, there's nothing to come afterwards where there'll be punishment or reward. There's nothing really there. God is arbitrary. There's creation and there's no justice. And Abel's saying, no, there is a God and he is good and he will make all things right and he is just and he is good and he will reward and there's an afterlife to be with him. And they debate over this where Cain is not trusting in God and Abel is trusting in God's goodness. And I, I, I find echoes of it later in this passage in verse six, it says that Without faith, it's impossible to please him, for whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him, which very much is what's being said in this, this imagined conversation. In other words, faith is a trusting in a God who loves you. Worshiping him as he wants to be worshiped. Worshiping him with sincerity and giving him your best, but worship him trusting and having faith in who he is and his goodness, and his promises. That's what it means to worship in faith. And fortunately, the story doesn't just tell us, go believe, but it points us in who we believe in. We believe in one who is the exact opposite of Cain. We have an older brother who was accepted when we were unacceptable. 
We have an older brother who didn't despise us and cast us out when we were acceptable and said, am I my brother's keeper? Am I supposed to look out for these people? But one who said, they're my responsibility. We have a brother who is willing to go and not just offer a sacrifice, but offer himself as a sacrifice. To offer himself on our behalf so that we who were unacceptable would be made acceptable. And all that we do is now seen through him so that you are accepted by the father because of the older brother who rather than slaying the one who made him look bad or slaying his brother in the field because his offering was not acceptable. We have an older brother to make us acceptable himself was slain on our behalf. All the things Cain failed to do, Jesus did so that we now through faith in him come to the father and we worship him in obedience, but we fail and we stumble and we are not perfect in that obedience. And we worship him with sincerity and truth and giving him our best, even though knowing our best is never good enough, but having faith that Jesus's best was. And now you are welcomed to the Father. Your offerings are acceptable because they are offered through faith in the one who is perfectly accepted. Would you please stand and let us state what we believe through the words of the Apostles' Creed.